Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, these in Revelation 7:14, they made the right choice. They chose the Lord Jesus. And they suffered all that loss, and they loved the Lord Jesus so much that when it came to losing their possessions, they were described in Hebrews 10.34, Hebrews 10.34, you had compassion to be in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Their attitude was, take the world, but give me Jesus. And the Lord Jesus told us that they suffered being strongly tempted with deceptions. He said in Matthew 24, 24, Matthew 24, 24, there shall arise false Christs, false messiahs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. The persecution was intense with deceptions, where they were constantly faced with a, maybe it's right, maybe it's true, maybe, I don't know. This persecution was a continual trouble for the believers. It says in Daniel 7.21, Daniel 7.21, I beheld the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. War with the saints, also spoken of in Revelation 13.7. Revelation 13.7, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And all of this had one goal, this war with the saints, this continual trouble, wear them down, wear them down, wear them down. Daniel 7.25, Daniel 7.25, he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. It just became too much, too exhausting to resist, and wears them down, wears them down. The persecution also meant that they were imprisoned in Acts 5.18, Acts 5.18. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Paul spoke about his own prison experience in 2 Timothy 2.9, 2 Timothy 2.9. He says, wherein I suffered trouble and as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. He went on in 2 Timothy 1.16, 2 Timothy 1.16, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Nisiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain, my chain. That was Paul's identity, my chain. He called it not the chain, but my chain. In Ephesians 6.20, in Ephesians 6.20, Paul looked at himself and he says, I am an ambassador in bonds that wherein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. 
He was so often in prison that he gave himself another title. I am an ambassador in bonds. For this persecution came down to torture. It came down to murder in Hebrews 11.35. Hebrews 11.35, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mocking, scourgings, bonds, imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted, tormented, of whom even the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves, dens and caves of the earth. What a list. What a list of what they've endured. We pray for our persecuted brethren in the world every Sunday. Here's the list of what they're going through. He said it would also extend to them being ostracized in John 16, 2. John 16, 2. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. Will think that he doeth God's service. Sometimes when I go into Orthodox groups, I wonder, I wonder to myself, who's going to kill me and think that they're doing God's service? But no matter what they had to endure, all of that, the love of God could not be broken. It couldn't be broken, as it says in, in Romans 8.35, Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? This is the who of the group of people that John was asked, who are these? That's them. Now we're told that these, that these people have done what they've done in Revelation 7.14, verse 14. Revelation 7.14, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So we're told that these people washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The verse does not say that their robes were washed by God or anyone else made their robes white, but that they did. It says each person individually washed their own robes and each personally, person individually made their robes white in the blood of the lamb. They didn't wash each other's robe. Each person washed their own robe. Each person made their robes white when that person made the decision to put his trust in the blood. As it says so clearly in Romans 3.25, Romans 3.25, it speaks about faith in his blood faith in his blood, when they put their trust in his blood, as each person put his faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus to accomplish all that list that we went over, then and then his robe was washed and made white in the blood of the lamb. That's when each person put their individual faith in the blood of the lamb, and then they received the remission, redemption, atonement, reconciliation, peace, and justification. And God didn't push anyone. God didn't push anyone to trusting in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Each person had to make their own decision by themselves. And all God does is to invite, persuade, call for people to make their own decision with words like Isaiah 118, Isaiah 118, come now, come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, 
It should be devoured with the sword. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He, God says, come now. Reminds me of two adults that were walking by the booth on Thursday night. And I said, uh, and, and they looked at, they looked at the booth and says, oh, the Bible. And walked by and I said, no, I said, the Bible's for you. Come on, come on. And then they mocked me and they said, he says, come on. Well, that's what God says. Come now and let us reason together. What does this mean when it says that their robes were made white in the blood of the Lamb? Well, we've already looked how blood cleanses from sin and makes the robes white. Okay. Cleansing from sin is where the blood cleanses us from the soiling effect of sin. Sin makes the soul dirty. That's what it does. It makes the soul filthy inside, and the blood of the Lord Jesus can cleanse from the dirtiness of sin. But making robes white is a little different from the first John 1 9 soul cleansing from the defilement of sin because verse 14 speaks about a man's garments being made white. It's more than just cleansing from past sins. It's now speaking about how having the righteousness, the pure white righteousness of the Lord Jesus incorporated so that it's worn as a righteousness is our garment. When the Bible speaks of us wearing the robe of righteousness, it's speaking of, of us being clothed with the robe of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. What it says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Christ is made unto us righteousness. As a matter of fact, the Bible speaks about wearing the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ when it says in Romans 13, 14, Romans 13, 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, man's experience of salvation when he believes, as it says in Acts 16, 31, Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But what we saw with Abraham in Genesis 15.6, Genesis 15.6 was different when it says he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. He believed in the Lord. He believed into the Lord. And the Bible says it was counted to Abraham for righteousness. The Hebrew word there for counted is the word chashav. Chashav. It means to weave. A weaver. It means to weave. It's what is described as what Bethlehem and Aholiab, who were the builders of the tabernacle, they were also the weavers of the curtains in the tabernacle, they were weaving. They had the white linen, and then they had the blue threads and the purple threads and the scarlet threads, and their job was to weave into the white linen the cherubims. And what was described them doing is they were chashav, weaving those threads into the white linen to make those angels. So when Abraham believed God, which is what salvation is, then God then wove chashav, it's the word, into the fabric of Abraham's garment, God's righteousness. And Abraham then was standing there with the robe of God's righteousness, Abraham believed God, which is salvation, and then God wove into Abraham God's righteousness. In Abraham, we see salvation and righteousness together. And those two garments are spoken of together 
The first garment is called the garment of salvation, and the second garment is called the robe of righteousness. And we have them coming together in 2 Chronicles 641, 2 Chronicles 641, where the prayer is, now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Lord, be clothed with thee with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. And then you go to Psalm 132.9, Psalm 132.9, Psalm 132.9. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness. Let thy saints shout for joy. So there you have the garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness, and then both are put together in Isaiah 61.10. Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garment of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. The garment of salvation, the robe of righteousness, they're always together. They're always together. You cannot wear the garment of salvation without wearing the robe of righteousness. You cannot wear the robe of righteousness without wearing the garment of salvation. Being saved and wearing God's righteousness always go together. Once a person is saved, he wears the robe of righteousness of the Lord Jesus, and a person cannot wear the robe of the Lord's righteousness without being saved. And the righteousness of the Lord Jesus was seen in this whiteness on the Mount of Transfiguration when it says in Luke 9.28, Luke 9.28, it came to pass about eight days after these things, he took Peter, James, and John, and James, went into a mountain to pray. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment was white and glistering, raiment of the Lord. It spoke of what was inside the Lord. It was his righteousness. That's when the Lord was turned inside out, and you saw his righteousness. When a person wears the robe of God's righteousness, the devil loses the hold on that person. It's told to us in Zechariah 3.1, Zechariah 3.1, he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. The Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. And then he was clothed in the robe of righteousness. So wonderful. It became an identity. It became an identity for Joshua. It will become an identity for the Jewish people. In Jeremiah 23, 6, Jeremiah 23, 6, it says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. At the time, at that time, the Jewish people will be so happy to wearing the robe of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus that they'll be happy and they'll say, my, my identity now is the Lord is my righteousness. And in verse 14, Revelation 7, 14, is such an amazing statement when it says that they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb because many of those people actually washed their robes in their own blood because they were martyred. It was not their blood that made their garments white. It was the blood of the Lamb. Just think of the millions of the bulls and the goats that were sacrificed. It was not the blood of the bulls, all those bulls and goats that made the garments white 
as stated in Hebrews 9, Hebrews 9.12, Hebrews 9.12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered it once to the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Only the blood, only the blood of the lamb that could make their garments white. Now the question is, so what difference does it make for a person if they have their garments white and are wearing the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ? The difference is the word therefore, therefore. It starts off verse 15, Revelation 7, 15. Revelation 7, 15. Therefore, there are before, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. He that sitteth shall dwell among them. Because they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb, therefore they're before God. Because they're wearing the robe of the Lord's righteousness, they are in heaven before God. It's the whole meaning behind the parable of the wedding garment that the Lord Jesus spoke when he said in Matthew 22, 9, Matthew 22, 9, go therefore into the highways and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went into the highways, gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. He saith unto him, friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a weather garment? He was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If a person is not wearing the white robe of righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has no place in heaven, no place in heaven. He's speechless with no argument as to why he should be in heaven and not cast into hell. It's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus that's the wedding garment that makes a person acceptable to be there of the wedding of the church and the Lord. And they're before the throne of God as a result of having this white garment that's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And this is what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew and John 17, 24. John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, which thou, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And they're serving God up there day and night, continually, day and night. There's no closing time. There's no time when it says, I'm sorry, the throne of God is closed right now. Please leave and come back tomorrow at opening. No, it's day and night, day and night. And they're happy. They're happy there. And then we see that because they have made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb, that they not only serve him, but we see that in that, we see man is happiest when he's serving the Lord. He is the happiest when he's doing the work that really matters, when he's doing meaningful purpose to his work. There's no work that matters more than a meaningful purpose for a meaningful purpose than to work for God continually. So this makes them very happy. And they're dwelling there. And it says that he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Man is happiest when he's in the company and fellowship with talking and laughing and joking and having deep conversation, and there's no fellowship or company that's better than that of God's. Man yearns for a companion. He yearns for a companion. There's no better companion than God. Man has great company when he's in constant company with God. 
And man will never hear God say, I'm sorry, I can't be with you right now. I've got something really important to do right now. Man will never hear God say that. So here we see that because they made their robes white in the blood of the lamb, they're never going to hunger. They're never going to thirst again. Never going to experience that deep, empty feeling of soul hunger, that gnawing ache in the soul for that search for a true fulfillment, a true satisfaction, that emptiness, that thirst, that soul hunger. They'll never experience that. Never experience that because they're with God. And then we're told that they will neither, in verse 16, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. This represents protection. Goes back to those 40 years when the children of Israel were in the desert and they were threatened by the sun. The sun was a great threat to them, the killing sun. And at that time, God protected them with the cloud of his presence, the cloud of his presence, Exodus 13, 21, Exodus 13, 21. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Looking back on this, David looked at this verse in Exodus 13, and he wrote about it in Psalm 105, verse 39, Psalm 105, verse 39, and he said, he spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light in the night. Just imagine how that would have been to have always had the cloud as a covering, as a protection from the sun. That's what the children of Israel experienced. And now we have a very tender scene, a very tender scene in verse 17, Revelation 7, 17. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. And this is not just that they find food. This is a scene where the Lord Jesus says the lamb actually feeds them himself, feeds them like a mother feeds a child. It's a scene where the Lord delights to meet the needs. And then we see the Lord not only feeds them, but in verse 17, he leads them. He shall lead them in unto fountains of waters. We get into enough trouble when we lead ourselves. And we're all, because we're all, we're like the sheep described in Isaiah 53, 6. We're like the all we like sheep that have gone astray. We turn to our own ways, but now no more, no more in heaven. The Lord leads them. And now we see the most tender statement in the Bible in verse 17, Revelation 7, 17. Revelation 7, 17, the most tender statement in the Bible. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. All tears from their eyes. It restated in Isaiah 25, 8. Isaiah 25, 8. He shall swallow up death in victory. The Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. The rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth. The Lord has spoken it. So what have we seen? We've seen that the blood of the Lord Jesus makes us white with his righteousness, and it opens up every happiness forever in heaven. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blood. What would we do without your blood? Your blood makes us white. It gives us, Lord, your robe of righteousness. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. 
You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Experience a short-term missions trip to Israel, the land and people to whom the Lord Jesus Christ will return. Not only walk where the Lord Jesus walked, but reach who He reached, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Be a part of the encouraging Jewish friends to receive the Lord Jesus. Israel Alive is all about making friendships with lost Israelis that will hopefully be eternal. We hope you'll join us in reaching the nation of Israel one friendship at a time. For more information, visit us at israelalive.org. That's israelalive.org. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 